If I could give advice to anyone who has such a secret, it would be this. Tell your child early and make it a part of their identity. Never wait until they're an adult to do so. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 98. Starting at the very beginning today, I just want to give a shout out to the DNA Angels. This is a search group, a volunteer organization that has been helping solve cases of misattributed uh, parentage for a couple of years now. And many people on the podcast have used them and have mentioned them. And so I just wanted to give a minute or two One, to point this out as a resource in case you listening need to use their services, but also just really to show some gratitude for this group of volunteers because they are volunteers and they are amazing. Let me just open up their tab really quick. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on their website, dnangels.org. But let me go to their Facebook description. Okay, they are a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to assisting individuals search for their biological parents using DNA interpretation and research. Now I'm going to switch over to their website, dnangels.org. This is a group of volunteers. They do this for free, and they have looked at so many family trees and centimorgan charts and shared matches that they they've become a little bit of they're they're experts in this area and they can actually tell and identify oftentimes who a biological parent or a half sibling is and this is really helpful even if you think you know if you want confirmation i've been hearing stories from other npes saying that they reach out to them on facebook and within like a couple of hours they get someone already working on their case and giving them answers. So I just thank you guys. If any of you are NPEs and you've become really good at this, I bet some of you have actually started volunteering for this organization. I've heard of quite a few of you actually over the years on this podcast. Thank you to this group. I'm having someone on from DN Angels, DNA Angels, Within the next few months, I can't remember who it is right now, so we will probably hear more from them then in a couple of months. You know, while we're, while we're showing appreciation to the people that were doing this for volunteer service, let's just expand this and acknowledge everyone right now supporting NPEs and, and their healing for free. You are amazing and you just want to help. And so thank you for your service because our little community of NPEs are pretty brand new. We have recently found out shocking information. Within the last couple of years, definitely within the last 
five years. I mean, most NPs I've spoken with have been less than 10 years, that's certain. There used to be very little resources for us in the beginning. And now every week and month, there are more articles, online magazines, online support groups, forums, blogs, podcasts, webinars, etc. And these are largely for free. People doing them as part of their healing. I have started to meet a lot of other advocates and leaders in this community, and the service work I know has helped us tremendously. It keeps us busy, keeps us out of our heads, keeps us educated and involved, and most importantly, keeps us empathetic. So I have a lot of gratitude for people that are running these sites, these groups, blogs, podcasts, whatever you want to call them. I see you and I appreciate you. And to wrap that little bit up before we get to our story today, I will put the links for how to get in touch with the DNA angels in my episode notes. And again, we will have someone on from that organization in just a couple of months. Now let's get to our story today. Today, I am speaking with Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Lily. Thank you for providing this podcast. I appreciate your hard work, and it has proven to be a valuable resource to me and other MPs. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to finally talk to you in person. Did we have a phone call? We, we did, I think yes. once or twice. Yeah, yes, I know, and it's been a few months, so thank you for your patience. And um, yeah, and thank you for your phone call. I, I appreciate you. And it's nice to actually, you know, I haven't even heard your whole, your full story. So it'll be nice to get it from the beginning today. Okay. So without further ado, do you want to, do you want to start with the beginning? Kind of let us know about your family of origin and, and take it from there? Sure. Um, I was born in November, 1966. Um, my family of origin was my mom, my dad, and I am the oldest of four children. Uh, I was raised to believe that my parents were married in July 1965. Uh, my parents were from the same hometown in the Northeast. Um, my birth certificate father, whom I will refer to as my dad, uh, graduated high school in 1964. He joined the military afterwards. My mom graduated in 1965, and I was raised to believe that they were married soon after. Uh, my upbringing was mostly normal. Dad made a career in the military. We moved every two to five years. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mother until I was in eighth grade. My siblings and I were born within five years of each other, which meant we had built-in friends no matter where we moved. As small children, we were very close to each other. My parents were great providers. Uh, we always had what we needed, much of what we wanted. I don't ever remember going without anything, and birthdays and holidays were always a big deal at our house. Our family had its struggles, like all families do, but my early childhood was mostly a happy one. I first learned something was up back in high school. Uh, I stumbled upon my parents' wedding certificate. Uh, it had their wedding date listed as July 1966 and not July 1965. So 
I figured that my dad had gotten my mom pregnant out of wedlock, that they were secretive because of the shame it brought about at that time. I told my sisters, but never told my parents that I knew. When I became an unwed mother in the late 80s, my, my parents were less than pleased. My mother was especially upset and was not supportive until after my son was born. Many years later, she did tell me that she had teenagers in the house and couldn't condone it, it being my pregnancy. She did regret her reaction to and her actions during my pregnancy, and I forgave her. Although I knew their truth, at least I thought I did, I never threw it in their faces, despite their treatment of me during my pregnancy. Fast forward to 2011, um, I became interested in genealogy, and it soon became a pretty big hobby of mine. I spent numerous hours researching our ancestors and building our family trees. Um, My research discoveries included numerous newspaper clippings from my parents' hometown which I was thrilled to have found. However, my parents seemed displeased with each new discovery. Their displeasure kind of hurt my feelings. Um, I took it very personally and wondered why they couldn't be more supportive of me. The reason would soon be revealed when I came across an engagement announcement. The announcement ran in their hometown paper um, in early March 66. It included my mom's senior picture, and was written in small print that made it difficult to read right then. So I added it to my folder of newspaper articles and didn't even read it for a week or two. When I finally got around to to reading it, it was my mom's engagement announcement, all right, but it was not my dad's. I was very confused as there had never been any mention of my mom being previously engaged. I quickly researched the other man, and concluded that there was no way he could be my biological father. My dad must have been in town on leave, hooked up with my mom, got her pregnant, and broke up her engagement. That honestly seemed more feasible than what the truth would reveal. I told my sister, the one who was closest in age to me, but not my other siblings. Again, I did not reveal my findings to my parents but I finally thought I understood why they were not supportive of my newfound hobby. My mom passed away of cancer in March, 2018. Her two last sentences to me were, I love all of you and proud of all of you. Uh, She emphasized the all in both sentences. I could tell she wanted to say more. She just didn't have the strength to do so. Um, to be quite honest, her death hit me harder than anything I had ever been through. Um, it got me thinking about my genealogy findings and what she had said to me before she passed. She seemed to be telling me more than just what those words seemed to mean. A couple of weeks after she passed, I asked my dad if he would tell me about courting my mom. He said that he would love to but it was late April before we both found the time and emotional strength to have that talk. When we finally had that talk, I fully expected to hear what I had suspected, that he came home on leave, got my mother pregnant, and ended her engagement. Lily, I will never forget the look on my dad's face, the tears in his eyes, or how he hung his head in shame as he told me his truth. 
He began by saying that they had always planned on telling us and that they should have done so when we were young, but there never seemed to be the right time. My mom had dated the man she was engaged to during and after high school. They had broken up for a time after graduating in 65, and my mom dated my dad during that breakup. After graduating, that man joined another branch of the military and was stationed in the Midwest. In late June of 66, my dad, who was stationed in the Southeast, went home on leave for his youngest brother's high school graduation. He ran into my grandmother and aunt and asked them how my mom and her boyfriend were doing. My grandmother told him that they had broken up. He asked my mom out on a date, and things progressed quickly from there. He proposed. She initially said no because she was pregnant with her ex-boyfriend's child. He apparently assured her that he did not care, and he would raise the child as his own. They were married a week or two later. Dad also had a failed engagement, which I did not know about until he told me the story, and both of their mothers tried to discourage their marriage because they were both on rebounds and they thought it wouldn't last. My parents were married 51 and a half years when my mom passed away. They certainly proved them wrong. Can I take a break? Yeah. Sorry. No, don't be. I love my dad so much, and I can still see him hanging his head in shame. And I'm so mad at her for leaving him to deal with this. I have a really, really good dad. And I am the only one of my siblings who still lives around here. So my family in this town is my husband, his extended family, and my dad. That's it. So this has all been a lot. Yeah. You remember the look on their face. You remember, I I think he thought I was going to hate him. I I think he thought I was going to yell or you know, disown him or it was going to hurt my mom's memory. Uh, I know that he guards her memory with everything he's got. And that was hard. I, I know he felt like he had betrayed her by telling me. You know, honestly, I think that was his biggest worry is that he let the cat out of the bag. But if he would have lied to me, that would have permanently ruined our relationship at that point. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, let's try this again. Mm-hmm. After I learned his truth, I reassured my dad that I loved him and that he would always be my dad. He'd always, he's always been a great dad. So nothing was going to change that. He stated that he wanted to be the ones to tell my siblings. Um, that seemed really important to him, that he tell them. He wanted to assure them and to assure me that nothing had changed. Um, this would be a good time to talk about my feelings up to this point. Although I knew it was a possibility, and I knew for seven years, I was in utter disbelief. I mean, the, sh- the shock of finding this out it hit me like a ton of bricks. My dad said nothing had changed, yet everything in my world felt like it had just exploded. 
my sense of identity was shaken. My world was rocked to the core. I started analyzing my childhood and everything that had ever happened or been happened to me or been said to me. Uh, so many things seemed to make more sense, yet I had so many new questions. I felt sad for myself and my parents. Uh, they spent their entire marriage, 51 and a half years, running interference in order to keep this secret. I can't imagine ever keeping a secret, especially one that big for over 51 years. Um, in fact, the only time my mom ever slipped was when she told me that my youngest son looks just like my father did in high school. She said that when my youngest was in high school, uh, which was a couple years before she died. Um, I thought she was losing her mind because he looks nothing like my dad. However, as I would later learn, he does indeed favor my birth father. Hmm. Unfortunately, it took many lies and much deception to keep their secret at bay. Uh, I felt angry. I was angry that I wasn't told sooner. I was angry at the lies that were told and that my mother was no longer around to answer the many questions I had and, quite frankly, still have today. I felt bad for my father and sad that my mom literally took this secret to her grave, leaving him behind to deal with the fallout. Although I love, love her very much, and I choose to remember her many wonderful qualities, and my mom was a very good mother. I feel, at the very least, she should have told me when she was diagnosed with a terminal illness. I feel that she owed that to me. She owed it to herself, and it would have given all of us peace. I felt deceived. I had genetic counseling done twice over the years. The first time was when we went in to do in vitro fertilization, and the second time was to assess my breast cancer risk after she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She knew that I was having the testing done, yet she chose to keep her secret rather than share valuable information with me. She would often say lifestyle choices and environmental factors determine a person's risk of developing a disease or a healthcare condition. That must have helped her sleep better at night. After the initial shock wore off, I felt the need to reach out to my biological father and his family. I mentioned to my dad that I intended to do so. He said he was okay with it, but it was apparent that he was, it was not a subject he wanted to discuss. I carefully crafted a letter to my biological father and mailed it to him in May 2018. I heard nothing from him, and I felt rejected. My biological father's parents had been divorced, and they both had remarried. So my biological father and his three younger siblings were adopted by their stepfather when he was a junior or senior in high school. Uh, in June of 2018, I was able to speak with my biological father's stepmother. As it turns out, she and my biological grandfather and their two children, my half-aunt and half-uncle, had actually driven my pregnant mother to join my father in the Southeast after they were married. I had even played at their house as a young child. My parents stopped communicating with them when I got old enough to ask questions. 
I vividly remember at least one visit and knew them as family friends. I had no idea they were my family. She filled in a lot of the information um, that I didn't have and shared a couple of pictures. Although she and my biological grandfather had uh, long since divorced, they remained good friends until he passed away in 2008 at the age of 80. So after speaking with her, I sent another letter to my biological father, then to his sister, to my half-brother, and my uncle and his wife. I never received any responses to this day, and I felt more and more rejected. I still feel rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started to doubt that I was really this man's biological daughter. Um, and I, I, I guess I doubted it because I married a man who adopted my oldest child and loved him as his own. We both adopted a daughter from overseas and we love her as our own. So how could there be a man out there who is my biological father, whose blood runs through my veins, who is so callous that he won't even acknowledge the letters I send to him? Mm-hmm. So I figured maybe my mom lied to my dad and that I, I was somebody else's child. There had been so many lies over the years. It was feasible that this too was a lie. That's the problem with them keeping secrets. They had to tell one lie after another and become good at deception in order to keep them from me. In November 2018, I decided to take the Ancestry DNA test to prove once and for all that my birth father is who I have been told he is. I received my results and they confirmed he is indeed my biological father. Um, I matched his other sister's daughter and sent a message through Ancestry on July 17th of 2019 and waited to hear back. Um, A month later, our family suffered a terrible loss. Uh, Our 30-year-old son passed away suddenly. He had a massive heart attack. Uh, We were devastated, to say the least, and uh, finding my biological family was put on the back burner. I had lost my mother, my identity in a sense, and my oldest son in a year and a half, and I was really struggling. Usually I am the strong one, but this was too, too much. I spent much of the next year healing, leaning on my husband and my other two children and our precious granddaughter, who was our daughter's little girl, and other family members, all this while dealing with the global pandemic. As we approached our second Christmas without our son, there I was struggling again. Out of the blue, I received a response to that ancestry message on December 21st. It was from my half-aunt who manages her teenage daughter's DNA. She was born to my biological grandmother and her second husband. Her father also brought two sons into the marriage, so there were seven children between them. She's the youngest and is only two years older than me. She asked if she could call me and we talked that night. She had heard a little bit about me over the years and she acknowledged me as being her niece. She had not seen my message until she got on Ancestry that night to cancel her subscription 
So had she not done that, who knows how long it would have gone unread. Um, She was easy to talk to. Uh, We shared a lot about ourselves. She has not seen my biological father in many years. They live in different states, and uh, quite frankly, their family members are not very close to each other. A lot of discord in the family. Uh, She shared a couple of pictures, and she said that she was going to call and talk to her mother about me. Their story goes something like this. Uh, My mom and my biological father were together, and there were rumors that my mom was unfaithful to him with my dad. My biological father supposedly came home on leave to surprise my mother for Valentine's Day 1966, and he saw flowers that my dad had sent to my mom. This led him to abruptly return to his base and permanently distance himself from his hotel, his hometown. Uh, he rarely visited after that. I did ask my dad if he sent flowers to my mom for Valentine's Day 1966, and he said that it sounded like something he would do. I never really got a straight answer. Um, however, mom wouldn't have gotten pregnant until late February or early March, so that just adds more questions that I may never get answers to. Uh, my biological grandmother, she doesn't remember them, the engagement announcement or them ever being officially engaged. She plays down her role in their breakup, but others have insisted that it was she who spread the rumors and accused my mother of being unfaithful to her son. I have actually spoken to her a couple of times. She's in her 90s, um, and it brings her back to a time when she had three children and one on the way. Her husband had cheated on her. He got another woman pregnant, and he had asked for a divorce. Uh, She was traumatized, obviously, by that whole situation. And uh, my biological father was apparently witness to the infidelity and encouraged by his father to lie to his mother about it. So if he thought that my mother had cheated on him, it is reasonable that he would have called off their engagement and reacted the way he did. Um, He apparently has quite the temper, and nobody dares to even speak to him about me. So nobody's even mentioned me or the letters they've received or anything to him, which is sad. Um, I couldn't be more opposite than him. (laughs) So to hear that he has quite the temper, it it just blows my mind because I'm pretty easygoing. Mm. It takes a lot to get me to that temper. I... I know you're still in the middle of your story, but are you saying that you're, so your biological father, and I can see him, you know, potentially, you know, you're piecing this together from what, what you have, seeing as your mother has, has passed, but are you saying that he, you know, he was, he was traumatized probably because his, his, she may or may not have cheated on him. She, she may have cheated on him with your birth certificate father, but he knew he had a child on the way and he still he, cut he off all communication. It sounds like he didn't believe I was his. Oh, I'm getting yes. that. Yes. yes. Okay. Since his father had cheated on his mom and he had been traumatized oh, by that yeah. infidelity, yep. that just the thought that he would be with a woman and she would cheat on him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my dad said that they never were together in that manner until their wedding night. Um, although he 
had been with her as far as dating before then, it was never a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And he never had doubts to hear him talk about it. He knew there was absolutely no way that I was his child when he married my mother. Oh. So it's kind of, we got his story, we got their story, and somewhere in the middle lies the truth. Right. And none of us will ever really know what it is. But um, yes, he, he, and back then they couldn't do DNA testing. They couldn't sit, spit in a tube and send it off to Ancestry um, or 23andMe and find out the truth. So he left. Um, in fact, my birth father ended up getting married in oh the following year. Um, and the woman he married ended up, she was seven months pregnant when they married. And my half-brother from him is four days shy of being a year younger than me. Oh. So he went back to where he was stationed, ended up leaving the military, and stayed put in the Midwest, far away from his hometown, mm-hmm. and the memories. So um, I, I think that's what it came down to, is he really didn't think I was his. Mm-hmm. And they all knew there was a possibility, but he never looked back. And, you know, I can't answer for why he did something he did. I wish I knew. Yeah. So it's discouraging that he hasn't even taken a moment of his time to reach out to me in any way, shape, or form, even to say, go away. Gosh. Nothing. So, um, so hurtful. It is hurtful. Very hurtful. Um, because that's just not who I am. That's not who the man I married is. That's not the type of person my father or my mother who raised me were, you know, that's so foreign to me that somebody could be so cold and callous and that I could be biologically related to them. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I have heard a lot, Lily, a lot of, well, you know, he, this, or he, that, or, you know, how he feels and, you know, protecting his wife and he might not be in the best of health and he's going through a rough time and, his his son lost a baby before the baby was a year old. And I'm thinking, that's hard. But they've had three children since then who have all gone off to college. So that's a long time ago. Okay. And you're, you're giving a lot of, they're making a lot of excuses for him. Mm-hmm. And that is upsetting to me. Yeah. There, there is no excuse for it. No. You know, I didn't ask to be put in this position. And even if he'd have just called me and said, what do you want to know? And don't contact me again. What was so hard about that? You know, I I think that would have been an easy solution. But instead, I'm out researching and trying to piece it all together and drawing my own conclusions. My husband, my youngest son, and I were able to make a trip to the Northeast this past summer. We spent one enjoyable evening with my half-aunt and her husband and daughter. We shared pictures and stories. I was literally in tears when I got out of the car and I finally saw somebody I truly resemble. 
it's kind of funny because she doesn't even really look like my birth father. But she and I look alike. I'm blessed to have met them, and I am forever grateful to her for welcoming me into the family and accepting me. I can't even begin to say how much that means to me, to have her in my family and to be a part of hers. Looking back on my childhood, there are so many things that make sense now. As children, my mom loved to dress my sister and I as twins, my uh, sister that's 15 months younger than me. This lasted for years. Um, It became a joke because our other sister is the baby of the four of us, and she would get hand-me-downs from my other sister, and then she'd get my hand-me-downs, and it would look like she wore the same dress for years. It was hilarious. Um, I mean, we would laugh. We we made like a, a video for my parents one time of old pictures put to music, and we would laugh when the school pictures came around. Because remember that dress, because you're going to see it again. So it was funny. Um, I think it helped maintain the charade of us being full siblings. Um, My siblings and I, we we look enough alike that most people aren't going to question my paternity. And I look enough like my mother that people weren't going to question much. But different enough that I noticed certain things growing up, and especially as adults. we have completely different temperaments. They are quicker to anger. Um, I can get to that point of the anger, but it takes me it takes a lot more to boil my blood than it does to them. Um, they're smaller than me, um, narrower in the shoulders. They got they can wear eighteen inch necklaces. I always have to buy the bigger ones, or I feel like I'm being choked. Um, that, so they have smaller necks. My hair was always wavy and curly. Theirs is straight. They were more athletic. I enjoyed photography and speech club and things like that. Um, Sometimes the differences really hurt my self-esteem. By high school, our differences became very apparent. Um, I didn't feel as close as I once had been to my sister who was closest in age to me. Uh, In fact, it felt like she would have rather done anything than spend time with me. Um, many of her friends didn't even know that I was her sister until years later, and we were only a year apart in school. Uh, That's how she seemed to want it. I also felt like I was expected to be the peacekeeper amongst us kids. My mom especially made me feel this way. Uh, When my siblings would do something that bothered me or was downright mean, it seemed that she would make excuses for them. And It felt like she was invalidating my feelings on many occasions. Looking back, it has made me wonder if she did that because maybe she she was afraid my dad would have regrets. Um, At this point, I have to say that my dad never made me feel that way. He never made me feel like I was less of a child to him. Um, In fact, in many ways, I was a daddy's girl. And uh, his love for me was evident from the day I was born. My mom saved letters that he wrote to me from Vietnam. Mm. And they are the sweetest letters and such a cherished part of my genealogy, you know, of my records. Um, That man loved me. 
I'm still waiting for the puppy he promised me when I was two. But, you know, he really, truly loved me. I, I never felt like I wasn't his child or that he loved the others more. I never felt that way. I never felt that way from my mom either. I felt like we were all loved the same amount, uh, which is a blessing because I know many people didn't have that experience when they find out they're an MPE. Um, as I got older and as a young adult, and even after I was married, uh, my mother discouraged me anytime I entertained the idea of traveling back to the Northeast to visit with relatives. She rarely discouraged my siblings from doing so. That hurt me dearly and made me wonder why. I didn't understand, and I felt like maybe she was embarrassed of me for some reason. Uh, she even discouraged me from going to her mother's funeral. But one of my sisters went, and she didn't say anything to her. So those kind of things, the hurt adds up because you don't understand why, and it's hard not to take it personally. As I've since learned, my paternity was somewhat of an open secret in their hometown. And I believe, and my dad has alluded to the fact that they were afraid that someone would tell me the truth. Um, I've had several people tell me that they've always known. In fact, uh, many of my dad's extended family members know, and they're friends with members of my biological father's extended family. So, of course, none of them want to get involved as they're loyal to my parents, but they knew, and they knew my other relatives, and nobody ever said a word. Nothing. And that kind of made me feel like I was a joke, you know, that they all knew stuff that I didn't know. I, I don't know exactly how to put it into words, but to know that my cousins, and aunts and uncles that they knew the secret. And although they say, we always wish that your mom would tell you and, you know, would have told you, and we always wanted to tell you, but it wasn't our place. It just feels like you can't trust anybody. So that's been hard for me to deal with the trust issues. Um, my dad and I continue to have a good relationship. Sometimes it's difficult to not ask him more questions, um, but I've chosen not to do that uh, out of love and respect for him. He suffered a big blow when my mom passed away. I, my husband, and our son were the only ones that live still in the same town he lives in. My siblings have all moved away, um, and our extended family, of course, is in the Northeast. So we lean on each other, and I don't want to cause my dad any more hurt. So I just kind of keep my questions to myself. Um, and I know he would rather not speak about it, this again. Um, I know for a fact he's not happy that I haven't kept my story to myself, that I've told some people that he would have rather they not know. But he's still respectful towards me. He's He still loves me. Um, I don't feel like anything's changed with my siblings. My relationships with them are the same. Uh, my brother, he'd be okay just burying his head in the sand and not thinking about it again. 
you know, I've spoken a little bit to my sisters about it. Um, but our relationships, they are what they are. Nothing changed after that. Um, they couldn't possibly understand, you know, how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And at first, they did what so many people do. And I, that's something I would say to anybody listening who's not an NPE. Please don't nominate the father who raised this child that wasn't his for some for sainthood because they did so. Because when I would tell my story to somebody, well-meaning people would say, oh, that just makes me respect him so much more. And isn't that great? And it would they would lean more towards, I don't know, canonizing him is what you'd call it when somebody becomes a saint, mm-hmm. than validating my feelings. Yeah. And uh, yes, I am grateful to my dad. I have a wonderful father, and I am truly blessed to have had the upbringing that I've had. With that being said, my dad may have played a part in my birth father thinking that my mom was unfaithful. So he's far from being a saint. He chose to do this and he knew what he was getting into when he did so. Just like I'm not a saint and my husband's not a saint because we adopted our daughter or because he adopted my oldest son. Those were choices we made, you know? So that's something that bugs me a lot when the first thing they go to, even doctors, doctors who know my dad, have said that to me. Oh, I respect him so much more now. Yeah. Hello, I'm over here telling you to take a great big Sharpie and take out all of my paternal, you know, side of the family. Everything I've written down about illnesses, diseases, scrap it. Yeah. So that bothered me a lot. That bothers yeah. me. So if I could give advice to anyone who has such a secret, it would be this. Tell your child early and make it a part of their identity. Never wait until they're an adult to do so. By the time we're adults, life gets messy. We have stressors in our lives. Most children don't have those stressors. As for me, I lost my mother, learned my true I, true paternity, and lost my oldest son in a relatively short amount of time. The pain was unbearable and it almost broke me. There were so many other times when I could have been told, like when my husband adopted my oldest son or when we adopted our daughter. They may have had the best intentions in mind at some point, but I think they were really doing what was best for them as time went on. As much as I love them and I miss my mom, I'm forever changed and distrustful of people after learning the secret. And I know my oldest always knew his biological father's family. And our daughter, although it was an international adoption, we welcomed her birth mother and family into our lives through letters, phone calls eventually, Facebook, um, over the years. Because we didn't want her to lose anymore. She had already lost her country of origin. She had already lost her family of origin, her language. And we had a chance to give her something that so many international adopted, internationally adopted children don't have. 
and that's a little piece of their biological family. So, and we did it from a young age. I, I never wanted to keep that a secret. And I wish my parents would have done the same. Um, for me, I understand back then, I can't even imagine the, the secrets that were around in the 60s and 70s and early 80s. Um, if all of these pregnant women who, you know, who are pregnant out of wedlock, if they would have gotten together, they would have had one heck of a really nice support group because there were so many of them. So that's my story. Mm. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for sharing this. It was, uh, it's, um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry about all your grief and your rejection. I didn't want to interrupt during your story, but I'm so sorry about the loss of your son and your mother and finding this out and, and, and everything. How painful. Thank you. We're healing. We're, do, we're doing good. And as the world's pulling out of this pandemic and we can get out more and see people again, that's helping a lot too. And, and I will tell you, there were many nights throughout this journey I fell asleep listening to your podcast. And I get halfway through just trying to get my mind off of my own stuff. And I'd have to pick up the next morning where I <laughs> left off because, oh, I don't remember how that ended. And, <laughs> you know, so it kind of gave me some comfort that I wasn't alone in the world and that yeah. my feelings were validated more than anything. They were validated. Yeah. Yeah. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? My email is it all makes sense now at yahoo.com. Um, and I would welcome anybody who wants to reach out. I love that email address. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It all makes sense now. Or I, I had, I had some other that weren't very nice. I guess I could have used, but. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, thank you. Um, Lynn, thank you so much for, for sharing this today. I will add your email to the show notes and I really appreciate you sharing today. Thank you, Lily. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.